Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The truth about Cliff Kingsbury, I believe it's different than you're being told. And I know a lot of people are going to be quick to judge this man. Quick to rip on him. Quick to suggest that Kingsbury to the Washington Commanders is a bad thing. And you might be asking, Smitty, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Smitty, wasn't Kingsbury headed to the to the Raiders, Smitty? That's correct. And that fell through. He's now headed to Washington. But you're going to have a lot of complaining Caleb's and keyboard uh, uh, Clifford's coming in. And ripping on the situation, but they don't really know all the details. And people saying that Kingsbury's soft, Kingsbury's garbage, Kingsbury's trash. I'm about to tell you why I think those people are misled by the constant negative chatter on X, a.k.a. Twitter. It infects everything. Everybody just repeats what they hear. Regurgitation. The most negative people are the most loud people. The, the, the fan bases on the other side of the fence are going to be the ones spitting out all the negativity. But I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, this is actually a really, really good move. And there's so many moving parts to this. The fantasy football show begins right now. Live from the fantasyfootballshow.com studios. It's the fantasy football show. Live! Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Smitty is also live whenever news breaks. From the fantasyfootballshow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. A lot of people are going to be coming into this uh, live stream suggesting that they have answers and that Kingsbury's garbage and this is a, an awful move. Let's first start off with the, the funny part. The punchline that Kingsbury is a pullout artist. Nobody pulls out better than Kingsbury. Kingsbury pulls out uh, more than uh, Michael Phelps. People say it all the time. This guy was going to go coach college football, pulls out, goes to the Arizona Cardinals. It's a common theme, right, about Kingsbury. And and deservedly so, okay, because in his past he he has rescinded or backed out of a certain situation to go to greener pastures but the thing people don't understand and the part that I want to make sure people get is that we are in a news business I am a news reporter aka talking head I'm here to discuss news before it's actually official whispers 
and Adam Schefter saying, we're hearing something here. I got a text over here. I got a call over here. Nothing's ever concrete and official. Think of it like, and don't worry, your boy's not going anywhere. But let's say Rumble was saying, Smitty, we want you over here. YouTube's like, Smitty, you go exclusive. We'll, we'll pay you here. ESPN says, Smitty, come to us. We got this. Let's just say in a fictitious world, that was that was the case. And, and I was closing in on something. And, and whispers were heard. People were, were heard something's in motion. But at the in the 11th hour, the other party came in and said, you know what? Let's let's end this. Let's do it now. Here's the offer. And I say, never mind. That's the best offer. And that's where I go. That's what happened here. We're reporting on Kingsbury going to the Raiders because we have inside information. Very rarely do things change course. We should have known that he could. He's definitely the kind of guy that's going to listen to a final offer and push it to the edge. But this guy didn't do anything technically wrong. By saying at the end of the day, before I sign, before I get officially committed, I, I'm hearing a greater offer over here. I'm going over here. That's Let's clear that up right now. Because that's the biggest hang-up. And if you hear somebody talking and focusing on that, you know not to listen to them because they're literally repeating and regurgitating what they're hearing. Okay, that's cleared and out of it. The whole notion that Kingsbury's a bad offensive coordinator. He was a horrible coach. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Let me tell you firsthand, as a Cardinal fan, though it was not all bad. Maybe he's not the best head coach or wasn't at that time. I'm not even saying like Raheem Morris failed as the Tampa Bay Buccaneer coach many, many years ago is getting another shot. I'm not saying he can't at his young age. This guy's a young guy that he can't get better and better and eventually become another uh, fantastic head coach. I'm not saying that at all. But maybe if people would... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Stop being closed-minded and understand this guy has been amazing as an offensive coordinator. And anybody that says he's garbage or that he that he wasn't good OCing, that he hasn't developed quarterbacks, doesn't know at all what they're talking about. On your screen right here are quarterbacks that this man has been coaching up and supporting over his long career, even though he's a young offensive coordinator slash head coach slash QB coach. Kyler Murray, 2019 through 2022. We know that. Caleb Williams, we'll talk about that in a minute. Most recently, 2023. QB coach, USC. Caleb Williams is tied to this thing in many ways because there are some thoughts that the reason he's chasing different teams, Las Vegas has been rumored to maybe be in the running to trade up 
and get the number one overall pick if the Chicago Bears are in fact sticking with Justin Fields, which no one knows because it's a mixed message coming out of Chicago. Chicago's own social media team posted a video, a tribute video, that could be taken as positive or negative for Fields returning or leaving, and no one knows what Chicago's really going to do. So this, uh, this number 13 overall pick, Raiders, was expected to maybe be in some talks in terms of trade-up if the Bears decide not to go Caleb. Now, you could say they're going Caleb, they're going Caleb. We understand all that, okay? But there's still a lot of chatter, and there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Even me, even you, even Schefter, even anybody. And so that was some of the thinking of why Kingsbury even went to or was going to Las Vegas. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to Washington. And you got to ask yourself, this man very closely tied to Caleb Williams, this man, Cliff Kingsbury, who was the QB coach at USC in 2023, this man, Kingsbury, who was said to be super close with Caleb, super close, like their families are extremely close. This guy, Cliff Kingsbury, is practically family to Caleb Williams. You hear whispers like that, and then you say to yourself, if this team doesn't trade out, which they most likely would if they aren't taking uh, a quarterback, then you wonder if they're swapping with Washington or, you know, somebody could jump into this spot, even Las Vegas still, and take Caleb right out from under the Washington Commanders. But it smells an awful lot like there's something potentially going on and brewing in terms of Caleb Williams. And even if it isn't, it's still the number two overall pick going to an offensive coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury, who is sitting with a defensive coordinator turned head coach Dan Quinn, who doesn't command the offense, so it all is up to Cliff Kingsbury, who is actually, in my opinion, and I'm a Cardinal fan who watched it all unfold in Arizona, I have the right to say, even as a fan, that Kingsbury is a great offensive mind, maybe wasn't the perfect, at the time, head coach. And so Kingsbury was relieved of his duties and was sent packing. But he was the Cardinals coach for quite some time. He also led the Cardinals in 2021 to a 10-2 record, had the most potent offense in the entire National Football League, and the Cardinals were widely accepted to be at a 10-2 record at the beginning of the year, even though things unfolded, injuries struck, they were widely accepted to be the number one offense in the National Football League. The Cardinals in 2021 were widely accepted to be the number one team in the National Football League. The number one team and the Super Bowl front runner for half of a season. And if you don't remember that, you are blinded by the drama. You're blinded by the drama. Kingsbury is a great offensive mind and he goes over I haven't even adjusted this goes over to the coaching tractor tracker and we've got to put Cliff King I don't even have Cliff Kingsbury on here let me let me drag his face on here Kingsbury is now OC over here with Adam Peters and we got to take him over here as I, I put GM over here on on the as the uh, offensive coordinator let me close that off okay we got a trio of glory right here I don't think people understand the impact of having an amazing, in my opinion, you could rip on Dan Quinn all you want, an amazing potential defensive system in Washington in 2024 with a head coach that I believe can command men and put this man, Cliff Kingsbury, in the forefront 
to command the offense. This is the same formula that's working with D'Amico Ryans in Houston. D'Amico Ryans coming over from San Francisco. Not an offensive man. Not an offensive mind necessarily. Comes over as DC and we have a offensive coordinator in Slowick. An amazing head coach, defensive-minded D'Amico Ryans, leading this team with an amazing formula to an unbelievable, uh, you could almost say, co-head coaching feel to it. Because Slowik's commanding the offense, D'Amico's commanding everything from a top level, and everybody says defensive coordinators shouldn't be head coaches. We might be seeing the right formula being deployed by a lot of these teams and a new trend developing in the NFL because it all comes down to the OC. If you have a defensive-minded head coach or a former DC, you need to have the right OC. It doesn't matter if D'Amico Ryans is head coach if Sloak's a monster. It doesn't matter if Raheem Morris is head coach if he's a commander of men and they love him in, in, in LA. They went to bat for him in LA. And then you have this man... Zach Robinson, this is the LA, this is the LA Falcons right here, the, the 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 Atlanta Rams right here. You have this mind, Zach Robinson, this mind, this offensive guru, this QB monster coordinator coming over to be OC and command everything. Raheem Morris, leader of men, offensive coordinator, commanding the charge. This is the same formula in Houston. Washington's deploying the same damn thing, and it's going to be glorious, and I love that everybody's hating on it. I'm not a Washington Commander fan. This isn't coming from fandom. This is coming from honest, unbiased analysis, and we're talking about Adam Peters, probably one of the best, if not best, GMs in the league, immediately. Coming over from San Fran, founder of Kittle. Founder of so many other hidden gem talents on the 49ers roster. Scout mastermind coming over from San Francisco as new GM. Finds himself a defensive-minded head coach that people think that's funny. How is he going to coach the offense? Think deeper than that, Bob. Think deeper than that. This man Kingsbury coming in to command the offense. And you can rip on Kingsbury all you want. But if you come from a place of fandom, you're against the Cardinals. You're a Niner fan. You've been trained and brainwashed to hate Kingsbury. You don't think bias. You think biasly at all. You don't think unbiasedly one single bit. You're not going to see anything in this situation. You're going to see a laughing stock offensive coordinator named Cliff Kingsbury that you don't remember coach Caleb Williams last year coach Johnny Manziel in 2012 coach Mahomes in 2016 Patrick Mahomes in 2016 4300 plus yards 40 something touchdowns what did Mahomes have 36 touchdowns and in 40 46 53 yards under the command of Kingsbury Baker Mayfield freshman Freshman, and, and even when Baker got injured, another freshman stepped up, if I remember correctly, and, held, and both of them became, I think, players of the week back-to-back. Baker, uh, I think it was week one, and he gets injured, and, and another freshman stepped in, what was his name, and he ended up being, I think, player of the week that same week. This is a guy in Kingsbury that knows how to command quarterbacks. He knows how to command quarterbacks, and you're gifting him the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
So if he doesn't get Caleb through something, I feel like might be in motion because this man was going to go to Las Vegas and they were in the mix for maybe trading up to get this number one overall pick. Now he's switching over to Washington, which I don't blame him. Everybody else running their mouth about this. He wasn't committed to necessarily anything. This was leaked information early like Schefter and all of us, including me, do. And everybody's taking it as gospel. And when he decides to go with the better option, everybody says he's changing directions. What a coward. He's switching up. That's all I'm telling you. That's all I'm telling you. Um, okay, so Washington Commanders, uh, uh, unbelievable situation. And I, I understand if anybody doesn't want anything to do with this situation. I get it. Some people need to see it happen. This is a man in Cliff Kingsbury. This is a man in Cliff Kingsbury that in 20, 2008, Houston, University of Houston, Case Keenum, multiple Division I records. This team averaged 50 points per game, 600 yards per game under the command or, or uh, 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 the position he was in. He was in, uh, uh, I think he was, uh, a, what, was, what, was his, what was his role? I don't know if he was OC. He became OC in 2011. In 2011, Houston, he left that 2011 season breaking pretty much every single offensive NCAA offensive record. Yards, points, almost every single statistical offensive category that was Houston. That was offensive coordinator. This man, this man, Cliff Kingsbury, heads over in 2020, uh, 2012 over to Texas A&M, becomes the OC at Texas, uh, uh, Texas A&M. Johnny Manziel, one of the most potent offenses in college football. OC for Johnny Manziel. 2013, goes to Texas Tech, becomes the head coach in 2013. 7-0 start to the season, was a top 25 uh, team at the initial uh, uh, couple weeks of the season. Baker Mayfield got injured, etc., etc. Patrick Mahomes in 2015 at Texas Tech, 4,653 yards, and I said 30, 35, 36 touchdowns. I think it was 36 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes was drafted the very next season to the NFL and started to become the player he's becoming. 2017 to 2018, he was still at Texas Tech. Cardinals head coaching job 2019 through 2022. And like I said, in 2021, the Arizona Cardinals were 10 and 2 and widely accepted as the best team in the National Football League. Through at least week eight or nine, everyone and their mother, if you can remember back, said this is the number one team in the NFL. I believe they even beat the Niners uh, right before that time frame through week eight. They were absolutely on a terror, and they went 10 and, th 10 and 2 before injuries and a lot of things had an unraveling. And like I said, Caleb Williams 2023, I, I smell something potentially be at least being tried to be brewed up. Might be brewing, might not be brewing, might be an attempt to brew something up. Look at it however you want. Look, out, look at it however you want, and I know a lot of people are assuming that this man just completely backed out of everything and and it's fair to assume that it's fair to judge the man for that because of the past but you've got to understand that he is not committed to necessarily anything up to a certain point and it's all about who's offering him the best deal and I'll tell you right now 
this is the nature of what we do. We dig in before things are complete and official, and we report on them. I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I'm guilty of uh, stirring the pot. I'm guilty of ruffling the feathers. I'm guilty of prematurely saying, well, this will be official eventually, but we're hearing word that they're closing in on, on a deal, and now Kingsbury will be the new. And that was the wording. It was closing in on a deal. Kingsbury would be the offensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders, closing in on a deal. It wasn't, it, it, that's the crazy part is everybody's just absolutely flabbergasted that he's moving to a different situation when it's us reporting that things are going, they're going toward the direction of complete, not Kingsbury. Kingsbury didn't come out and say, I'm now a, a Raider and then back out. He, he can't contractually do that. Um, so here, here's what I want. Here's what I want to say. Whether this is Caleb Williams, not just at this number two pick, because that would mean that the the Bears pass on Caleb and keep Fields and keep this pick, which it's possible, but very unlikely. They would want value. They don't need Caleb, so they trade down. It's possible these two teams swap. It's possible that Chicago doesn't want to even flirt with the idea that Marvin Harrison Jr. could get snagged, and maybe they they move down to two. Maybe Washington gives him a king's ransom and says, look, we'll give you such a good deal to bring Caleb in that we're going to offer you something that will make you feel very comfortable about not trading down from two. And, And Chicago could say, okay, we'll go ahead and draft Marvin high because we know we're getting a boatload from you to move down one spot. Or potentially... They move down one spot, then move down again, because they're they got their heart set on trying to retain and keep uh, the idea that no one can steal Marvin Harrison Jr. away. Maybe they move down another spot. Maybe they stay at two and just take Marvin there high, so that no one can swipe him. Because Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to the Cardinals at number four if he's available. He could go at three. I hope he doesn't because there's no signal caller there. But maybe. Penix Jr. or Bo Nix, the news is true, and those guys fall into the second round, which I don't think both or either will, but it's possible. And then all of a sudden, you got a Penix Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr. in New England, and that's a good thing. Washington, either somehow, some way, trying to maneuver up to get Caleb, or worst case scenario, they get JD motherfucking five. JD5 would be unreal in a Kingsbury system. He knows mobile quarterbacks. He coached Caleb Williams. He coached Johnny Manziel. He coached Patrick Mahomes. He coached Kyler Murray. He knows mobile quarterbacks like no other in the league. Rip on it all you want from a fantasy football perspective. This is potential glory. From a fantasy football perspective, we're talking about a trio, in my opinion, that's going to turn around this Washington Commander team in very similar fashion that we're seeing the Houston Texans. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals. We've seen the Detroit Lions. Maybe it's not right away. Maybe it's not in year one. Maybe it's the Detroit Lion path. The Detroit Lion path was a two-year path. Not this year, but the year prior, coming off of the 2022 season. We all saw it. You know, that's why Detroit was a a sexy, they're going to win the division pick, right? 
walking into the season because of their 2022 campaign. I think the Washington Commanders have that kind of year in 2024 where it all comes together and then we start getting excited about their 2025 campaign and start predicting big and bright things for this Washington Commander team. This combination of GM, offensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn as head coach is phenomenal. And I'm telling you right now, I'm sending it to Saturn. To Saturn. Phone lines are open. Dial into the show. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Dial in, dial in, dial in. Your boy is at your disposal. We're doing it live. Your boy got ramped up there. I got ramped up. I got excited. I don't even know what the chat's saying. I can't even see it. I'm sure half of it's negative. I wouldn't blame any of you for feeling negatively about this situation. I truly, truly can't. I understand where you're coming from. I also understand that a lot of people are going to paint this a certain way so everybody's taking it a certain way. And I don't think everybody has all the facts that are going to think negatively toward the situation. You're still every right to feel the way you feel about it. Every right to feel. It is one of those things where this guy has a track record. Kingsbury, why do I have this up on screen? Uh, a track record of 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 backing out and, and changing directions last second. But there was nothing that stopped him or should have stopped him or legally speaking or even even honestly from a moral standpoint. It's not like he it's not like this was one of those things where he wasn't in negotiation with everybody. And at the end of the day, he decided to go where he felt he could help the most and where he could get his quarterback, because that's what this man wants, is his quarterback. Okay, phone lines are open. Uh, dial in. I'm sorry if anybody called in and I just missed it. Dial in. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. And dial in, dial in, dial in, dial in. Kingsbury, Commander's new OC. It, it, it's, good, it's good news. It's good news, I'm telling you. As a, as a Cardinal fan... Who, who saw the ups and downs, I'm telling you, he knows quarterbacks. Maybe he's not the best coaching decision maker, but he knows the QB. He knows the QB. Um, he also designs and architects a very potent aerial aerial attack and and proof of, of, of as I said, Coming out of even that 2011 season at Houston, just dominating every statistical offensive category in college football, just dominating it. Then jumping straight in to a, a offense uh, that had Johnny Manziel in it right away. So 2011 leads the nation in nearly every statistical category as the the OC in Houston, and then his ne very next year, 2012, Johnny Manziel. And then, and then, right after that, Patrick Mahomes. Right after that, Caleb. You know, Cardinals. Kyler Murray, Arizona, unfolds, leaves the NFL. Was was coach for for four years. Then he leaves, heads over to USC again, second stint at USC, and starts coaching Caleb Williams. Becomes like this with Caleb. Caleb loves the man. I think something might be brewing. What's up, Chris from Vegas? What is going on, my guy? What's up, Smitty? How you doing? I'm good, bro. 
I'm real good. So I got a question for you. If you're the Raiders, mm-hmm. do you turn around and try to bring in Eric the Enemy as your OC based on, you know, how his knowledge of the Chiefs in that division? Uh, he's under contract. So I don't know how that would even work. I'm if he if he becomes available, what yeah. would you do if you were the Raiders? Uh I think it wouldn't be a horrible move, but I don't really, to be honest with you, I feel like, I feel like he did a pretty good job, you know, considering what he was handed. And I feel like, you know, that's why I'm very hopeful for this Washington commander team as a whole, because they have, they have a lot of potential right out of the box, but they're going to have so much, you know, more to add to this team to make it filled with superstars. The way Sam Howell played, I, 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 I like it. I like it. I'm very excited about what that could look like. Are there better options? Maybe. I we just have to we'd have to just weigh out the candidates, but I don't think enemy is gonna be we'll see. If he becomes available, maybe they would look at it. But this has gotta be a huge blow to the Raiders, man. This has gotta be a huge blow to the Raiders. Um Yeah, the vibe out here is a lot of the Raider fans, not that I am one or anything, but from what I can tell, speaking to the locals, uh, very very disappointed, but they kind of, you know, piggyback on your sentiment of how he basically ran away from the situation of being with the Raiders. So that's pretty much the concern. Yeah, I'm sure they hate him now. But again, and I don't blame anybody for knee-jerk reacting or even still feeling, even after everything I said, still feeling like, you know what, I don't care. He, he shouldn't have backed out. But, like, does anybody anybody saying that actually know how committed he was? Does anybody know what conversation happened? Or is it all coming from Schefter, Rappaport, people like me saying, we're hearing they're closing in and he's the next guy? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's assuming that Kingsbury spit on his hand, shook, shook hands, and said, I promise you in my soul, I will... You know, like, it's just like, he's in it. He's not... If someone's offering me a deal and somebody comes in and I haven't signed anything, that's on this team for putting me in a position where I'm not locked up yet. Like, if you want me, you've got to sign me. And if I'm sitting here and we're like, yeah, this sounds really, really good. And this other offer comes in and I'm in I'm in negotiation. It's not like I'm backing out or becoming some total hypocritical, you know, just back out artist if I'm seriously sitting here waiting for a contract if I'm waiting for a con- if nothing's official then and somebody comes in and says hey we've got this situation this fair game it's not like he's he's in the middle of contract negotiation he's in the middle of of teams being a suitor like this is all part of it there's no like line that gets drawn at some point unless unless it's official you know what I mean so I, I don't understand all the negativity, I get it that it's a it's a repeated offense, so to speak, that he's rescinded, that he hasn't he's rescinded his uh, his intentions or whatever. But you know, it is what it is. I, I I don't I don't really know why everyone's so hell bent on this being uh, Kingsbury. You know, is the the wrong the person in the wrong here. But I get it. I get it. I understand it though. I just don't understand why the hatred's there, and I people mean, people know. let it affect their a judgment of his ability. That's the part I don't really get. And as I said, Twitter, aka X, 
it's infected with people complaining and ripping on other teams outside of their own fan base. So if you go to the Twitter comments and you read, everybody that says trash, oh, that's why they're the commanders, commanders strike again, those are all fan bases from the other team. You're not, re- you're not reading what you think you're reading. You need to come here to get, I think, a, an unbiased take. I'm not a Commander fan. There's there's essentially no one here from a fantasy perspective. You've heard me talk up in how long? When's the last time you heard me say, go draft McClure and do it now? Dotson, but Dotson, when's the last time you heard me say a, a thing about Dotson? The other day, somebody asked about Dotson. I said, until he does something, you just you don't you don't worry about Dotson. You know, Dotson's not somebody you can draft right now with any sort of confidence. I don't love the run game. I don't like this committee they got. JD5's not on the team yet. Caleb's not on the team yet. What allegiance do I have to the Washington Commanders? The answer is you'll find zero. I have zero allegiance to the Commanders. This is a totally unbiased take that that, that is breaking down what I'm seeing. And maybe I'm wrong on it. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm seeing a tree of people here. They together are going to be more powerful than I think people understand. And I, I'm here for it. I'm here I'm here to watch it blossom. And if for anybody that says, Smitty, you're wrong on this, you're wrong. That's fine. You can have that, that opinion. But this is the same person that told you this was going to happen with the Bengals. And, and I think people are going to have foggy memories on this. But I was standing alone. Does anybody in here remember that? Can somebody speak up and be honest? Don't just try and butter me up. If anybody's in here, multiple people that that saw me stand by myself, not that you weren't with me, but in terms of the industry, stood by myself and said, the Bengals are going to the freaking top. And everyone said, oh, the Bengals are the Bengals. They didn't have Jamar Chase. I told you they'd draft him. They were going to draft Penny Sewell. They got to protect Burrow. They're drafting Jamar Chase. They're drafting Jamar Chase, and they're going to be the next big turnaround team. I was standing by myself. By myself. Nobody was touting this. Nobody. Houston, we talked about that in advance. Way in advance. I talked about how this GM, Casario, was just unfolding every bad thing that was going on there. And that they were going to turn this thing around very quickly. The blueprint for the Bengals, the the Houston Texans had. Detroit Lions, same thing. I'm just saying... This combination, this this guy can't be talked about as a bad architect of quarterback and offensive coordination. This, this guy is an absolute potential gem if you confine him and keep him focused. And he's not the head coach. You know, a lot, what a lot of people say about, uh, you know, some people are saying about Arthur Smith too. What if Arthur Smith gets to go just focus on this? I'm not trusting that because I've got... I've got PTSD. We all do to that. I'm not going near that. Mixed with it's the Steelers. Like if 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 Arthur Smith went somewhere like Dallas, and then they brought in Derrick Henry, and Jerry Jones said, "Don't worry, Derrick Henry's getting the ball all the time." I could see everybody going, "Okay, maybe Arthur Smith can do this." But in Pittsburgh, no, thank you. But this guy's not the head coach. This guy's the the OC. When he's an OC, he's a monster. When he's a head coach, I'll be honest, when he's a head coach, kind of, it's just a mixed bag. He's very good, but he can't put it all together. He's not responsible for that. He's responsible to do the things that he did successfully with Caleb Williams, with Manziel, with Patrick Mahomes. 
and, and, and Kyler he had good success with, but it all unraveled and unfolded, even though there's great ups and downs, because maybe he's not ready to be a head coach. What, what, uh, what, what else, Chris, you have? So, if I was a Raiders fan, here's why I would be jaded about the situation. Is you have a young quarterback that's already there that they've tried to somewhat develop, and you have the list up on the screen of the quarterbacks that Kingsbury has worked with. And from a football perspective, you've seen the offenses that he's had and what they've been able to do. So if I were a Raiders fan, I'd be more upset about that instead of him, you know, trying to better his situation personally, whatever it may be. But just from a pure football perspective, that's what I would be upset about because you know the potential that Kingsbury could have brought to that offense in Las Vegas. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and even when the, the Las Vegas Kingsbury news broke that he was going to be the OC in Las Vegas, presumed, it was presumed, um, which is my whole point here. It was presumed, it was in motion, it was probably going to happen. Usually these things don't back out, you know. Like, you could say this is the one guy we should have known. Like, when that was announced, that would have been that would have been amazingly well predicted if I said, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute, this guy, wait until the ink yeah, on the paper yeah, you, wait until this guy's it. bought his home. And, and the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the return policy is no longer, you know, available. That's when, that's when we, you know, we should have known this. And, and that could be, that could be a funny punchline. Like, I get it. That's why I understand if anybody's upset at Kingsbury and they don't like him because of this. Is it an unlikable characteristic to have multiple uh, back out situations? Yeah, I get it. You know, I, I think it was even my boy Perps in here. It says he doesn't trust a guy that doesn't stick to his word. Like, I, I totally understand it. I totally understand. But we're not here to be, we're not here to, at least I'm not. I know, like, Ron Navy's somebody that's so stubborn, he literally wouldn't draft Kamara because of what Kamara did in Vegas, you know, to that. Like, and I, I appreciate that. And if that's the way anybody else, even if Perps feels that way about Kingsbury and just wants nothing to do with them, I appreciate the stubborn mentality i wish i was afforded that ability but i'm not i'm here to help people win championships i'm here to report on the news i do take very very big pride in being a news show not just a fantasy show but when news breaks i go live to try and break it down from an nfl and fantasy football perspective but i want non-fantasy football players and owners to watch my show religiously because they get the NFL news they want and an unbiased take. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's biased to a degree. I get that, but everybody knows that I'm bringing at least my A game to try and keep it as un, as unbiased as I can. And sometimes I'm passionate about Joe Burrow. Sometimes I'm passionate about guys we predicted huge things for. And I think, I think there's some forgiveness there from you guys if maybe I'm a little slanted or I, I'm a little heavy on the HN videos or whatever. Like, you know that about me. You accept it. No one's judging me fully on me bringing my opinion. I'm an opinion-based analyst and reporter. I am not going to just sit, hit, sit here and stick to the facts. I'm predicting things here. So it's an unbiased take mixed with my prediction. Like, it's always going to be that way. So you're going to, some people are going to, I think it's going to rub some people the wrong way. Go, you're going to be wrong about this. Well, maybe I will be. Maybe I will be, but what I will tell you is from the reason I bring an unbiased take from this is that he was an Arizona Cardinal coach. He was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals for four years. And, and, and 
quite honestly, it was not all gravy. It was not all white doves. It was not all pleasant. But I can tell you, matter of fact, he knows ball. He knows how to throw the football downfield. He knows how to develop and work with amazing quarterbacks. You see them right on your screen. This isn't even a gap. I mean, Case Keenum was the first one. This isn't exactly in order. But Case Keenum, Manziel, Baker Mayfield, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and, and a couple other quarterbacks. Like we're talking about a couple other quarterbacks in a very long stint. A very long stint. He's had nothing but amazing quarterbacks. He's broken records. It, coming out of uh, 2011 as the OC of Houston before he stepped into his role at Texas Tech. This guy exited his Houston uh, his final season in Houston as OC, breaking nearly every offensive college record, or holding, uh, hold, yeah, breaking, um, leading the NCAA in almost every statistical category. And not to mention, Case Keenum had multiple, multiple uh, division records coming out of his 2008, I think 2008, 2009 season, where they averaged 50 points and 600 yards a game. Like this guy is a absolute yard machine so you know I, what would be interesting is if you took like where you have those quarterbacks right there that he's coached i wonder what the average like the average points per game of those quarterbacks were while he was with them yeah i mean it'll be so interesting to see what happens with caleb bro because caleb and it's not just that he's caleb's qb coach and 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 um he's the He's the, uh, what is he? His position is, um, he's a senior offensive analyst, I think is what it is. Senior offensive analyst and quarterback coach. One of the quarterback coaches for Caleb Williams. And it's not just that he's that. It's been said by very many people that I trust that he is super close with Caleb and super close with the family. And it's awfully strange why he went this direction real quickly when both these teams are being talked about as teams going up to the number one overall pick. Like, I'm not saying anything's locked in motion. Look, the Bears can back out of any potential, you know, behind-the-scenes conversation that might have might be, you know, taking place. <laughs> um, I'm not saying there's anything. This, You know, he just might feel like, hey, you know what? I don't know that the Raiders are going to be able to even move up. Maybe they were telling him we're going to try and go get Caleb, but if they don't, what happens? At least here he gets JD5. And I almost certainly feel like the answer is JD5. Probably not May, unless something happens during workouts, pro days, combine. Because what do all these quarterbacks have in common? You know, you know, Baker still can scramble, but they all run. They all run. They're all magnificent running quarterbacks. And I just see, not that May can't wiggle, but I just see... JD5 fitting the bill here. Caleb and JD5 are the prototypical prototyp, prototypical quarterback that I think that you're going to see Kingsbury want and want to attack. And Adam Peters, remember what I said, trust Adam Peters. I know everybody was freaking out a little bit when Dan Quinn was hired as head coach, but Adam Peters knows what the hell he's doing. He's he's a marvel. He's a he's a he's a marvel when it comes to talent, scouting, decision making, and making and setting up and putting together the right pieces. Uh, Dan Quinn with Kingsbury is such a powerful one-two punch. It doesn't matter who's the head coach. 
Dan Quinn's not going to be in charge of the offense. So it's almost like you're putting this man as head coach without having to do any head coach duties, which is what really bogs him down. Dan Quinn can do all that. Let Dan Quinn do all that. Leader of men, take care of all that. Let this man focus on architecting one of the better offenses in the National Football League and put JD5 or Caleb or Fields in that position. Maybe they trade for Fields. Who the hell knows? You know, anything's possible. Fields would be the prototypical quarterback for him as well. It, I think no matter what, Washington is on the rise, man. It's going to be marvelous to watch. All the doubters of the Houston Texans, all the doubters of the Bengals rise, all the doubters of the Detroit Lions rise, feels very, very much the same. Um, Let's uh, let's go to Travis Rowe real quick. Hold on one second, Chris. Hang tight right there. Just stay on the line, though. Travis, you're live. Hey, Smitty. What's um, up? Another point I was going to make, I, I don't know, maybe I missed it, um, but if, if Caleb is the way that they are going, there's a lot of questions going on, like about Caleb's maturity and is he going to be able to handle this or that. Well, having a guy like that, that, like you said, is almost like family to him, might be able to keep him a little more grounded and focused, you know. So Bro, that, that's just another, yeah. another factor that could help. Excellent, excellent, excellent take, but you know what? I quietly want him to get JD five more than Caleb. So if anybody you thinks, do. yeah. So if anybody's sitting there going, Smitty, I don't think it's going to happen. What if they don't get Caleb? I hope they don't. <laughs> I hope that I'll be fine. If they do, I'll be very much on board. The Caleb train. Caleb might be a moon man. And that, that is called adjust and adapt to the hundredth degree. Because this was somebody that told you, I don't know about Caleb, but I always reserved the right to adjust and adapt to the information that comes to us. You do not want somebody that can't do that manning the ship. And when I say the ship, I mean the fantasy football show. You don't want somebody that can't say, look, you mix that questionable, deve- like 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 uh, like Travis just said, character questions and issues. You give him the right offense. You, you, know, you trust that Peters will surround him with the right talent. He will develop. He will develop very differently in this situation than he would. Let's say he goes to, let's say he went to Tennessee. I'm, I know they've got Levis. I'm not saying that's a possibility. I'm trying to spitball a bad scenario. If Caleb goes to Tennessee, he, he's nothing. You know, n- not right away. It's going to be a development in progress. It's going to take a long time. It's not the same thing at all. And, and no offense, uh, Reebok put or Reebok. Sorry, sorry, Chris. Where's your Where's your boy Reebok? By the way. Why isn't he on know. here? I haven't heard from him in a minute. Okay, you tell him to get message, yeah, tell him to get on here. Um, I'd love to talk to him about this. But Chris, um, you're a Carolina Panther fan, right? Correct. Uh, yes. If Caleb went to Carolina, I'd have concerns there too. And 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 that isn't to say two years, three years from now, you won't have your time to shine. You, you know, you guys are you're just a ways away. Um, but if Caleb goes to Washington, love it. If if JD five goes to Washington. Love it. Even if the Bears trade this pick to Las Vegas, and I could see this story unfolding, to be honest with you, the whole laughter everybody would have. Las Vegas moves up to one, takes Caleb anyway, and this man, Cliff Kingsbury, could have had Caleb (laughs) had he just stayed on staff in Las Vegas. I'm still fine with that because at the end of the day, I hope it goes Caleb. I, I really, really, let me just be honest with you guys. I don't want Fields in Chicago. I think Fields' only shot is to get out, get the hell out of that place. 
I admit I take a lap on me thinking Chicago was going to be contenders for the division last year. I thought that they were going to turn things around. I don't believe in Ryan Poles. I don't believe they know what they're doing. I don't believe they have the right head coach in place. I don't think they know how to coach Justin Fields. I think they did a crappy job. And I think whoever goes there has got a little bit of a tall order to get where they need to get. And so, honestly, I'd rather Caleb go to to, to Chicago... I'd rather have Fields go somewhere else to shine, and I want JD5 in Washington. However, if they keep Justin Fields, I still love the guy. I just don't know how much I can put him anywhere near top five quarterback rankings. And then I, I, if Caleb goes here, I'm fine with that too. If JD5 goes to New England, I'm fine with that too. There's a lot of scenarios I'm going to love and like, but that's, that's kind of my take on it. I just want everyone to know Chicago's not the place I want any of these guys, to be honest with you. And that's just that's a big difference from last year. I admit that I've taken many a lapse on me thinking they would support Fields properly. They did not, and Chicago is just a, 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 a just a black hole. It's just gonna it's just gonna gobble up whoever's there, and they're not gonna they're not gonna live to their potential. Uh, we got Bruce on the phone. Then I'll go back to Travis, and then go back to Chris. Brucey, what's up, my guy? So glad to hear from you. What's up? <laughs> Hey, uh, I know we want Caleb to go to uh, Washington, but I like their quarterback now, Sam House. So what would that do to him? <laughs> Can I say what something, Brucey? Brucey, you are the what? underdog of quarterbacks, bro. You you love Jimmy G. You love Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell too for what he was, you know, what he was last year. But like, come on, man. You, you want Caleb? You want? You don't want anything happen. You don't. You don't want this team to not get an upgrade. How will I like? How would probably be what's his contract? Um, Sam Howell. He, he was like, he got like three years left. Yeah, Howell contract. So I mean, he he they're not trading him. They're not. Uh, they're, there's you know they're not gonna. He's just the backup. He's a he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. All of a sudden, I mean, think about it. If JD five goes to Washington, you feel pretty damn good with Howell as your backup quarterback. I don't think I'd get rid of him at all. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2026. Uh, he gets uh, he's got a, a dead cap hit of 180 thousand dollars. <laughs> so um, he's you know he's there to stay. I, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, he's I wouldn't be saying oh well I kind of would like to roll with Hal one more year. No, not when you can get a JD five or a Caleb. And and to to correct you, I'd rather have JD five over Caleb in Washington. So we're not we're not wishing for Caleb to go to Washington, to be honest. Or at least I'm not. I'm wishing for JD five to go to Washington. But Howell's a great uh, great yeah. backup, Brucey. I know you're. You know what I love about Brucey is he loves the underdog. He'll always root for the underdog, and it, you know that's why he loves me because we're we're still underdogs in this space. So that's why Brucey loves that's the true. show, bro. He, he's all about the underdog. Promo coach Smitty. Promo. I love. It. He's a he's a company man. He's all about uh, all about supporting the the little dog. What happens when I become a big dog someday? We're we're far from it. But are you going to still hang with me, Bruce? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, you... I just thought Sam Howe. Sam Howe, like someone would be like, okay, well, you're going to go quarterback. I guess we're going to ship you off. I guess maybe like someone could call about Howell, but I don't know. I kind of feel like he didn't. The league's very weird. It's a copycat league. It's a very reactive league. And when somebody doesn't finish, you know, strong or the team doesn't believe in you. Very few teams go knocking down the door of uh, of uh, 
of a scenario like that, you know, and say, oh, well, you you know, he failed. They usually go, oh, he failed. <laughs> you know, that's just the way the NFL is. It's weird. I don't disagree that he'd be a good quarterback for a couple people. Um, but I think he'd be good in Las Vegas. You, you know, you never know. You, ne- you never know, Brucey. You never know. But what I will tell you is if I'm a Washington Commander fan, I want him as my backup quarterback because he proved he can win a game. He proved he can throw a football. And Kingsbury will probably make him even am- amplify his talents even more. It will be interesting where Eric Bieniemy goes uh, if he goes anywhere. Um, I do think Eric Bieniemy he's still under contract, but you got to wonder what's going to happen with that because he was the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, and now he's being replaced as offensive coordinator. So how how you know how does that make him feel? How what kind of pecking order is that? Is he now getting water like he was in KC for Andy Reid? Is he now like he's back to that same role? He, he's like literally getting nudged aside. They interviewed him. They said, "Go get your stapler." You know, I, I was I was told I could. He, it's like it's like from Office Space. That's how they treat him. They treat him like Milton. They're like, "Go get your stapler," and we're gonna put you in the basement. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll get paid, maybe you don't. And they're going to lean go. They're going to say we fired him a few months ago. He just kind of comes to work. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. It it wouldn't surprise me if they relieved him or something. But at the same time, you know, he might, he might, he might be good there. With Kingsbury, he might be good there. That might be the, the, the most amazing quad that we could, like, dream up. Similar to this, this, uh, Falcons trio that they got over here. It's like the whole Rams organization now over in, in Atlanta. It's the Atlanta Rams. It's crazy, but the combination of Raheem Morris and Zach Robinson feels so powerful. In the right, it's the D'Amico Ryan Slowick situation. And and just like I said, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson. You know, Dan Campbell, everybody's gonna rip on him all they want. Like everyone, anybody that says Dan Campbell's a bad coach. Look what he look what he just did. Calm down, calm down. Did he make did he did he call bad game? Did he make mistakes? Some people would say yes. Some people would say I think Bruce even said he loved that he went for it, and that he thinks he. I made, did. Yeah. So so if anybody thinks Dan Campbell's not a good coach, what in the hell were you watching all year? He's a great coach, but is he is he the 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 if he loses slow at, or, ben, or Ben Johnson, do things fall apart? Maybe. That it's the combination. Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson together are unbelievable. Uh, D'Amico, Ryan's, and Slovak together are unbelievable. Just like I think it's just a formula that that I think a lot of people didn't like in years past. It hasn't always worked well, but it's being used as a blueprint now. And this trio right here of Adam Peters, GM, um, Cliff Kingsbury, and Dan Quinn could be could be amazing in hindsight. I think it will be. I really do. I really, really do. Uh, Travis, you got anything? Go ahead, Bruce. So if if they do, how far, how high, more higher would the uh, commander's receivers go? And fantasy-wise, like how far? Um, A lot. Like McLaurin? A lot. Uh, um, I'd say... You know, it, it, obviously we're waiting on the quarterback piece to be added before we can really answer that question. If they didn't add anybody, still a bump. 
I think still a bump, but if they added JD5, you're talking about, you know, in some cases you're talking about it's not so much the receiver. Like, I don't know that both wide receivers will flourish because of this, but one of them probably will, and then the offense will flourish. So I, I don't know that it'll be both of them. I don't think both of them just get lifted up, but I believe one of them will rise. And McLaurin's getting older. Ziggy, how old is Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin is 28 years old and was born on September 15th, Ziggy, off. He turns 29. That That's that's you know that that's getting up there, but that he's still got at least one more year left before we start panicking. So it could be McLaurin. McLaurin could be could be the guy. I still think Dotson's got hope, but you don't hear me talk of Dotson at all because there's just no sign of anything. How can we how can we predict a bounce back when there's absolutely zero evidence for it? But I think that you definitely think this offense takes a big bump. Maybe they bring in an RB. I, I think they need an RB. I don't believe in this running back situation. I don't think it's it's potent enough. I think Brian Robinson's a very good player to have on this roster and utilize for sure. I mean, he can he can do a lot of good things, but I think you do. Maybe they potentially bring in one of these very cheap running backs. Everybody always talking about no one's going to pay for a running back. You don't have to pay for a running back. They're absolutely near free. They're near free now. And... and just because the the franchise tag is I think it's going to be about 14 million 13 14 million for running backs just because that franchise tag amount is there does it that's the that's the average of the top five salaries in the in the National Football League at the RB position that means that not all these guys are getting 10 million dollars a year guaranteed you know or definitely not guaranteed but 10 million dollars a year type of deal like Pollard could be brought in Swift could be brought in you could really even bring in like a Jacobs a Barkley or a Henry or an Eckler. I'm not saying Eckler. I don't know what Eckler's got left in the tank at all, but you can definitely see them bringing in an RB, you know, bringing an RB. It'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting. Uh, Chris, you got anything else you want to add on this topic? Nothing other than uh, if the enemy becomes available, I think he's a great fit for the Raiders. If I was the Raiders, I'd definitely go hard after him. I think he'd help that team out a lot. Yeah, the enemy, he could. I, I don't. I haven't heard anything about them, you know, letting him go elsewhere or something. I, I haven't heard that. I, so I would. I would assume no. But uh, I could search on it real quick. I don't think there's anything on that. And then the only other thing I got is, you know, from a Carolina perspective, as far as the head coach and his Tampa Bay ties, any chance Mike Evans gets signed by the Panthers? Um. I don't want to say no chance because sometimes, and I don't—I mean this—I don't mean this in a, ne- a very negative way. I'm just—I don't think Bryce Young's there. I liked him a lot as a prospect. Just so you know, I'm—I'm I'm not running from that at all. But sometimes wide receivers don't know what a good situation looks like, and they say things like, "Yeah, I'd go play with so and so." You know, when you ask him name three quarterbacks he'd love to play with, I love to play with Bryce Young. Maybe there's something there. I, I think you give a guy like Mike Evans a choice and there's probably very little chance that will be the landing spot that, that pulls him in. Because number one, Carolina's looking to build around Bryce Young, not bring in a receiver at a very high cost when he only has one, maybe one year left, maybe two if somebody's really believing that he's got the ability. So why spend all that money on a wide receiver unless it's just to develop him? 
Which, there's some argument to that. Like, hey, we're not going to win a Super Bowl, but let's spend the money on Evans so we can develop Bryce Young and keep him healthy and all that. But I don't know that teams think that deeply about that kind of thing. I think they think about money and they go, why will we bring in this guy in if we can't win now? You know, I think they're more focused on getting in a young talent to, to cultivate with them. You know, that that would be that would be my thinking. Like, remember, they got rid of DJ Moore. Like, they could have just kept DJ Moore, but they're like, let's start rebuilding. Let's start over. Why go after Mike Evans? If they don't, if they don't solidify the Swiss cheese of an offensive line, it doesn't matter if we have yeah. Tom Brady and his coming back I, I, I agree with you. That's why I said if Stroud went to Carolina, we would not be talking about CJ Stroud like we are at all. We'd be talking about him probably a little bit more than we're talking about Bryce Young. I'm just being honest. The way that he's developed yeah. at the NFL level, I'm feeling like there's so much more talent that's coming to the surface now and that's just the nature of the nfl and that brings sometimes it brings different things out of different people tom brady had a 26 if i remember correctly 2600 yard season and if i remember correctly 24 it could have been 22 and 24 but i think it's 24 and 2600 yard seasons the guy didn't even have a 20 the guy didn't even have two 2500 yard seasons 24 and 26 i believe and he became tom brady so like the nfl is weird you don't you can't always see what's coming especially with quarterbacks. Kurt Warner, you know, couldn't even make an NFL team. And even when he did, he got cut right away when he when he uh, uh, walked on. And, and then even when Trent Green went down, his entire team wanted nothing to do with him. And Vermeil was the only one that said, you know what, put him out there. And his OC was like, I don't want to. Oh, and yeah, it, Mike Marks. Yeah, he was yeah. yeah. They put him out there, and Kurt Warner from the jump was – Arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. It, like he threw, I think. I think if you watch uh, uh, American Underdog, it's such a good movie. It's a little cheesy, like a little, little, little cheesy acting kind of, but it's such a good story, such a good movie. It was one of my favorite sports movies, to be honest. And and it's up there with Rudy. Like it really is because of the story. The story alone just makes it that good of a of a movie. But but they put Kurt Warner into the game. And he throws an INT <laughs> right away. He throws an INT and then goes back on, onto the field the next drive and never looks back. Just becomes the best quarterback in the National Football League and, and creates the best offense in the National So an in, interception was his first throw, I believe throw or second throw. And then he comes back onto the field. Everyone's like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do trusting this man? Our whole season with this man, we could have made a trade. We could have brought someone in. And then he just goes nuts. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quickly, hang tight. Let's go over to Perps. Perps, your life. How, Thanks, you, how you feeling, Perps? I'm good, you? Yeah, what, do, what what are you thinking on this situation? I know at first I read your comment. I saw it in there. You said you didn't. You didn't trust the guy backed out. And, and again, you're totally, you totally are allowed to have whatever thought you want. This is not only a free country, but we, we speak our mind on this show. No problem at all. But do you feel any differently at all? Do you still feel like you're, you, you don't, you don't trust the man? What do you think happens? Can, can you, or are you willing to separate that feeling from what could be unfolding there in a good way? Or do you just see this as a total negative? No, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone, me, you, everyone included, you know, comments are comments. It don't matter. We can have our own opinions. But 
I was under the impression that he had already verbally handshaked deal, said he was going to the Raiders, and it was a done deal. And then he totally backed out um, after the agreement, you know, whether it was a better deal that came along or whatever. And when it comes to life, those are just shady people. I don't trust people like that. Yeah, I can understand that. But, I, can, I can understand but in, with with that being said, I don't know that 100% ins and outs of this deal, but does it change my opinion on him? And is he a bad guy? Is he this or that? No, because I don't know the whole truth. I'm just speaking merely on the minimal facts or information I have. Yeah. So that- could he could he do a good job? Absolutely. It doesn't take anything away from him as a coach. It doesn't take anything away from his coaching abilities, his path, anything of that. Uh, yeah. Nature, so. Now, I'm not saying I have the exact transcript of the agreement in front of me either. So let me preface that at the beginning here and say I don't fully know how the conversation went. But do you know? Like, did you hear how it all really went down with the Raiders? Do you have any evidence? And the answer is no. I don't either. But I'm just saying that it's really funny to watch Twitter and everybody reacts so harshly when they don't know for sure how complete this deal was handshake wise you know did did he pick up you know did he pick up the the owner's kids and 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 hold them and take photos and 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 you know absolutely commit fully spit on his hand shake like we have no idea how the thing unfolded if something went down like that to that degree why wasn't a contract signed why wasn't it official you know what i mean so like i just think it's funny that no one even fully knows it's just people like me and Schefter Rappaport report on it and say this thing's done, you know, as good as done, not officially official, but as good as done. And you always see Rappaport, Ian, Ian Rappaport and Schefter, whenever these things become officially official, they say that officially official, there's the picture of them signing and everything. And I just think it's funny that none of us, including me, know exactly how the conversation went. We don't know the details to this Raider Kingsbury thing being completed. We just have Schefter and Rappaport and and me reading off that and reading off some other things and analyzing it. And everybody's just so quick to just act like this guy's trash. Now, he has a history of changing directions like this. I'm not saying it doesn't feel weird. I'm not saying it doesn't feel a little bit snake-like. But it's it's negotiations. And And I'm admitting here right now that if I got a call from, let's say, Rumble, the Rumble CEO, and he said, we want to bring you on. Here's what we're doing. Are you good with this? And I said, yes, sir. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll send a plane out for you tomorrow. And then YouTube called 10 minutes later. I don't really feel like that bad of a person. Now, maybe perps, you'll think differently then. Maybe I'll never see another perp super chat if I answer this question this way. But if YouTube called me the next 10 minutes and said, hey, Smitty, just want to send a plane out for you, and we got this bigger deal for you, and we'll we'll send you, we'll PayPal you the money right now, and it's in your account. What do you accept? I pick up the phone and go, Rumble, I'm sorry. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not official. If you wanted it that bad, you should have made it official. You should have made it Facebook official. So at the end of the day, it does feel slimy that he's done this now two times. It, it does feel that way. But at the end of the day, like, it's technicalities because... They didn't. They didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. They didn't lock them down. You can't spit on your hand and expect it to hold. You got to make sure you rush and get it done. Uh, so it's just like a trade. 
we're going to look at somebody as a shady person. If they on the phone, tell us we're going to do a trade. I'll do the trade. Yeah, when I get home, I'll, I'll, I'll put it through. Then they get home, they look at it and go, I'm backing out. We hate that. We hate that. So I'm in, um, I understand it. I understand it. But you, what are you going to do? Go to the commission and go, oh, he said he was going to do it. He's got to push it through. Like it is what it is. But but to your point, to, to your point, perps, doesn't change how he does on the field. And, and some people have a problem with what he does on the field. I don't. I, I, as a Cardinal fan, I can tell you there's so much good that this man could do. He just wasn't, at the time, he could later on, He at the time, in Arizona, from 2019 to 2022, he was not, some total, a good head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator, great scheme, great air attack, great with quarterbacks, great with quarterback development, but he just couldn't put it all together. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to be head coach. He's the O.C., so I, I'm really excited about it. Uh, Perps, you got a, you got anything else on this topic? No, or? yeah. I, no, I jumped on earlier, and then I'm still at work trying to finish up here, so I had to jump off because I got busy. So I missed your talk. So if you were mentioned anything before, so sorry to the chat. That Perps, you I don't have to, Perps, you don't have to apologize. To re- we, we, had to, we had to re-bring this uh, topic back up. Perps, um, but no, I mean, I ultimately, I don't know all the ins and outs. If I'm gonna think you're a bad guy, no. I mean, you use an example. You still, you still talk to deal, me. If the deal's not, well, I'll, I'll sleep on it. I'll let you know in the morning. Okay. <laughs> we might have to, might have to change it up. You, uh, ma- you, ma- you imagine how mad perps, perps would be. I think Ron's already told me that if I, he said if ESPN offered me forty million dollars and I went with ESPN, he wouldn't ever watch me again. And I'm like, come on, Ron. Come on, Ron. I, mean, I was like, what, did, what, did, what, what was it about two months ago? Ron accused me of burying bodies. Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah. But I mean, like, make 40 million and you go like, into that. You're you not could. About Ron. I think he said he'd be happy for me. For he'd you. be happy for me. But if anybody here thinks that Pat McAfee, look, he, everyone could say he sold out all he want, but he's getting paid like 40 million a year. I'd go do it for a couple of years, come back and 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 run the, run the same ship. You know what I mean? Like everybody could put, could put pause on it for a minute. Let go. Let somebody go make forty million and come back. I I just uh, people are so quick to judge everybody else. It's so funny. So, um, so in your example, though, real quick. I mean, ultimately, if you and I were in that situation, and you and I had however many hours, whatever chat over making a deal. And we came to a gentleman's agreement that you're going to come work for me or I'm going to come work for you, whatever. And then 10 minutes later, you get a better offer and a call back. It's shady. You know, it, it's shady. Well, it's shady. It's shady, but it's understandable because it's within the realm of time where this Clinsbury news came out over 24 hours ago. And then yeah. many hours after, then it comes out that he's pulling out. Now, again, we don't know. Until it's all done, the though. Truth, the yeah. Ins and outs. Yeah. We, it, we don't know all the stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, if you called me 10 minutes later and said, hey, I got a better offer, are you going to match it or are you letting me go? Then that's an agreement we made where I'm like, no. Nope, yeah. I, I just want everybody to put know? themselves in the position of you're looking out for your family, you're looking out for the best interest of you, and you're not doing anything technically shady. It just feels a little dirty, especially if you've done it before. But at the same time, as I've been saying, and as you just said right there, we don't know the ins and outs of the conversation. Why wasn't it official? 
You know, and it's, and that's on the Raiders yeah. for for having this conversation, this official conversation, without actually making it official. Not there could be some ins and outs to that we don't know about, some waiting period or something we don't have any clue on, in, in like a time frame of something. I, I, I mean, yeah. there could there could be something, but all I'm saying is he did it within the confines of this rule, or, or, or of the rules, the confines of the rules, contracts and negotiation, and there is nothing wrong with coming in and, and saying, you know what, like you said, perps, uh, I got this bigger offer. I got to take it for my family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you'd be, you'd probably be pissed off, but you, you could understand it. Cause yeah, it was in the, it's still in the middle of negotiation until it's officially official. Even if you say, yeah, I like that. We'll come in. It's like a car dealer. Car dealer can say, okay, if you, you know, they bring that blank piece of paper and they say $412 a month. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sign that. And and then they, they they and then you say I'm not signing anything, but if you go to your your guy and you tell him four hundred twelve dollars a month, tell him it's done. He goes over and you get on the phone with the missus and she's like, we're not doing that four hundred twelve months. Let's just say that's how it went. And you're like, oh, okay. And so the guy comes back and says, the guy said yes. Are you a snake because you said never mind? I'm not doing four hundred twelve dollars a month. Uh, do you have to commit to that because this guy is going over and talking to his boss? That's that's the degree I feel. Right, right. Uh, would you say, uh, Travis? Yeah, I was just going to say the other thing is, like, knowing he, he's done this before, you know, as maybe the Raiders should have not even leaked anything, or whoever, or maybe someone leaked without that signal leaked it. But I would, why even say anything until pen on paper? Unless yeah. you think by leaking it, it's going to pressure him into signing. It just, it just seems to me it didn't benefit the Raiders to leak it at all. Yeah. We're, no matter where it came we're doing the four, we're doing the four hundred twelve dollars a month, no matter what, Miss Smitty. <laughs> that's that's how we operate. Um. Anyway. Uh, but yeah. But yeah. No, no. I I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, um, when the rules, whether he followed the rules or not, it's here nor there. A gentleman agreement is a gentleman agreement. It's, you know, there. I hear you. you. Get your name one time in your life, and when you shit on your own name, it's a lot harder to get. Did you hear there was a gentleman agreement, though? Yeah, that's the part I was saying earlier. Is we don't even know. Everybody's There's assuming. Everybody's assuming. No. Yeah, everyone's just okay. assuming. Yeah. And, per- and Perps is, I guess, Perps is answering it within the confines of assuming that's correct. So which is, which is totally okay. yeah, which is totally you. fine which is totally fine. But yeah. I think he's already admitted, and everybody here sh- I think should admit that. We don't know. Nobody knows. I don't even know. You don't know. Nobody knows what to what extent this thing got. It was Adam Schefter saying uh, they're closing in on an agreement. The new offensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders will be Kingsbury. And that's all we know. That's the extent of what we know. We don't know to what degree. What Did he promise his dying grandmother uh, the owner's dying grandmother. He was coming and, and and all that. Did she knit him a sweater? Was he wearing the sweater? Was he at dinner? Like we don't. There's some of those details we don't have, and I just think it's unfair, just because he changed directions when it was unofficial that we got to sit here and act like he's a snake. Um, and even if he is, even if he promised, you know, everybody at a dinner table. And you're right, Perps. I mean, at the end of the day, his name is his name, and he'll have to live with that. But I, at, at the end of the day, for us, we're we're talking about what's best for the football team. Kingsbury can create an offense, and not to mention, and my first reaction, I'll admit, was 
Okay, right when we heard he was backing out of the, the Raider situation or backing out, quote-unquote backing out, my first reaction was he either has something 100% in place or no one's going to trust him because somebody had to pull him away, and so they trust him because they were the one pulling him away. And that was, of course, immediately the commander's and, and we thought it was would probably be the commanders. They're their only other, other job, right? So it felt like uh, it felt like that was going to happen. And then the ties to Caleb, it was very very evident that this was potentially the closest pick he could get to to get to Caleb. But it's going to be interesting, bro. It's going to be so yeah, interesting. I mean, for all we know, you know, Shepard's got you know the janitor on uh, payroll. And then Janet overheard a conversation, but didn't hear the whole thing. That you know, he had to go check it. You know, yeah. I'm, my comments were based on your, you know, hypotheticals and you know the things that you were coming across with your, um, hey, you know, in agreeing with Travis. So. It's the janitor right here, and we got video footage of Kingsbury spitting on his hand and he's shaking the owner's hand right now. See that, Shefty? See that? I got it. I got footage of it. I, I, I agree with so I agree with the purpose. Close to the team. Yeah, so, like the homeless guy in the stadium or something. Yeah, but man, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, you well, look at the, you look at this list of quarterbacks. Perps, you know, Caleb Caleb last year. Now, granted, he didn't develop Caleb fully. It's just, but he played with them last year. He coached with them last year. Got really close to him. Um, he treats him like family, from according to reports. Coaching Manziel in twenty twelve. And everyone can say Manziel failed at the NFL, but if you don't know college football, this is one of the best college football quarterbacks of all time. Like it, it doesn't matter what he did at the NFL; it doesn't matter if he he failed out. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football was absolutely unreal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, uh, I believe it's a walk-on freshman. Um, Kyler Murray. In the pros, I mean, this is a, a gauntlet of quarterbacks. And his first quarterback, Case Keenum, was no joke in college. I know he's also a, a joke, you know, as an NFL quarterback, whatever. But that guy broke s- several Division One records. And and like I said, him coming out of his his first team, Houston, as OC in 2011, he broke almost, or he was atop almost every single statistical category in NCAA football. Offensively, Kingsbury's offense. It was yardage, scoring, just about every single offensive category was led by Houston, and that was his his you know his his final year at Houston in 2011. This guy's a, a offense machine. He he's a he's an architect of of potent offenses and, and attack aerial attacks. It's so funny how and and the other thing you got to understand is again anybody speaking negatively to this has an agenda. Even if the agenda is very, very, you know, focused and, and silly, like I'm a fan of the Niners or I'm a fan of the, like I know my boy Raj and C-Mac and Vlad, they think he's trash. They think Kingsbury's the biggest bag of trash on the face of the earth. And they'll never think differently. The entire Niner fan base thinks that way. Why? Because the people at the top, the the, the fan pages at the top, the talking heads at the top that talk about, oh, we're going to crush the Niners. Kingsbury's going to fold. Hurts is garbage. Hurts, we figured Hurts out. These fan bases, they hate these players. They hate these coaches. Sirianni's the worst coach in the world to a Niner fan base. Jalen Hurts got figured out by a Niner fan base. The Seattle Seahawks fan base 
hates this, the, 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 the this fan base hates that. It's all driven by competition. So you got to be careful what you're reading and what you're absorbing. And you have to know that it's going to come from a different angle and perspective from every different group of people that are talking about it. Why on earth is any sort of Niner fan going to talk well about this man? They're not. They're not. You know when they would is if he came over to be, let's say, QB coach. They love him. <laughs> they love him. They, you know what? We'll give Kingsbury a chance. He's good. I mean, he's worked with a lot of co- quarterbacks. Like, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. So be careful what you're absorbing about Kingsbury right now because it's most likely rooted in trash. Trash takes. Um, I have a... A question, Smitty. Yeah, who and is this is Bruce. a hypothetical. Oh, who hung up? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Chris hung up. Chris, call back if you want, but Chris, appreciate you calling in. Go ahead, Brucey. This is a hypothetical. Hypoth- hit me with but it. But what if the the commanders trade for Kyler Murray? Um, it's already had him. I mean, I know, I know you want me to answer <laughs> the. Hi- I know you want me to answer the hypothetical. It's not going to happen. But if it did, I mean, it, it could be it could be good. But I don't think Kingsbury wants. I think Kingsbury wants his own QB. I think he wants to mold and sculpt JD five or Caleb. I think he'd be plenty happy with Justin Fields if he could get his hands on Justin Fields. But it will be one or Drake May potentially. Uh, it's it's not to say he wouldn't potentially want Drake May. Maybe Drake May's his second best choice. Maybe JD five has a bad you know. Uh, uh, pro day or something and, and so may could climb up but jd5 fits the bill for these this gauntlet of of quarterback right here this list of quarterback it, it's it, it, jd jd5 is the perfect perfect player for for kingsbury as is caleb to a degree they're both running quarterbacks <clears throat> so and and from a fantasy perspective from a fantasy perspective, if if you want to use like let's say D Town says here, and D Town, I'm not trying to rip on your take or anything, just using it to to tell people, yeah, Cliff's college and NFL coaching record wasn't good. It was there was a lot of spottiness to it. There was injuries that took out certain seasons. The Cardinals were ten and two. They were regarded in 2021 as the the best team of football. Everybody, every, and if you don't believe that to be true. That they were the number one team in the National Football League. You're remembering it in foggy fashion. Because heading into about, I would say, week 8-9. Right around week 8-9-10. They were regarded as the number one team in the National Football League. The most potent offense. Unstoppable defense. Offense. Potency. Everybody and their mother was saying that this team was the number one team of football. They unfolded. They got hit with injuries. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff that, uh, let me put that comment back up on screen. My point is this. At the end of the day, now longevity is important because if Kingsbury is going to do good things in Washington, you want him to stay there, right? You want him to remain there. You don't want this to be potent for one or two years, then fall off. But at the end of the day, it's still an amazing offense, though, D-Town. Even if it takes him a year or two to get to a point where this team's like playoff capable, let's just say if that's the case. It's still going to be a potent offense. So from a fantasy perspective, this is almost irrelevant until the point where it, his job's at stake because they don't have a winning record or something like that. But keep in mind, he's OC. 
He's OC. He's not head coach. And on top of that, he's never had Adam Peters pulling strings for him to get him the best talent he could possibly get him. And Washington's got a nice foundation, to be honest, man. They got a they, they got a lot of good foundation for an Adam Peters to build upon. And I, I really think we're about a year to a year and a half away from seeing what the Houston Texans did in their turnaround, what the Bengals did the year they turned it around, and what the Lions did the year they turned it around. I think we're at a one to two year turnaround. Uh, JD5 to Atlanta would be ideal, but I don't think he falls that far. Of course, we'd love that. Atlanta would be the best landing spot probably for JD5. Washington would be fantastic for JD5. Um, Minnesota would probably be the second or first best, actually. JD5 to JJ, that would be unbelievable. But he's not. He's probably going in the top three. So Atlanta has to trade up. If Atlanta's aggressive, they could trade up, but Atlanta won't sniff JD5 at the number eight overall pick. So it's a pipe dream unless they trade up. Um, we'll see. Chris says um, J- Jaden Daniels is going to be drafted by the Patriots. He's going in the top three. So unless something massively crazy unfolds with, like I said, workouts, combines, pro days, he's going in the top three. If he doesn't go two, he goes three. Um, Cliff Kingsbury going to Washington as OC makes it more likely JD5 now goes two than going three. I would have thought May was almost a shoe in for two walking into that news, but that news kind of changes some things a little bit. Doesn't mean that uh, JD5 is a lock. It's just, in my opinion, the best fit. But he's definitely Jaden Daniels in the top three unless something crazy happens. Um... Anything else, boys? I'm going to jump off right now. We'll be back to probably do a draft show later tonight. We'll be probably back to do a Rumble show and a, and a Dynasty if I can make it all work. Yeah. Um, it, just in the, in the chat, I told uh, Jeffrey McGrath that I'd, I'd uh, ask you the question for him. Um, he could keep AR5 in the 7th round or Kyler in the 16th round. Which one do you like? AR5 in the 7th round, Kyler in yeah. AR5 in the 7th, Kyler in the 16th. Um Yeah. Probably AR5 because at some point yeah. you can't just say, "Oh, well that's better like value on paper." It's kind of like, "Okay, right. well, who are you getting in the 7th round anyway?" So, you say I'm giving you a 7th right. rounder on Kyler is different than saying, "Okay, like let's say Let's say it was Josh Allen in round three, and and uh, and it was AR five, AR five, yeah, AR five, Anthony Richardson in round seven. Like that's a point where you're like, okay, that is such a good value. Give me a AR five at seven, and then give me my third rounder, my third round pick. That is a better combo. Yeah. But we start talking about the seventh round. Kyler Murray in a seventh rounder doesn't crush AR five in round seven. No. Right. Take AR five. I, I, I figured that's what he said. Yeah. Told him I'd ask for a certain it. degree you gotta say what do I what am I left with? These two players versus one, but the, the seventh round is not a you know, especially when you're talking about like keepers and such uh, who the hell knows. All right, bro. Uh appreciate it, Travis. Thank you, uh Bruce and uh Perps, you got anything else? Did you Yep. yep. All right, later. What'd you say, Travis? Perps? Uh, I was what did you say? Are we doing a dynasty or drafting tonight? Or what uh, I'm going to try and do all of it. 
we'll see what I get done. But Rumble, we're, we're uh, don't forget to subscribe. The link's in the description of the video, rumble.com slash the fantasy football show. You're watching youtube.com slash the fantasy football show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dynasty channel also in the description. I'm going to try to go on all three <laughs> tonight. Um, if I was to pass on one, it might be this main channel. Maybe not so I could get a Dynasty and Rumble yeah. show up. But I'm going to try and do all three. All right. I'll look for you. All right. Perps, anything else? Yeah, later. No, I'm good. I mean, you uh, you got your questions answered for me, or are you still in the dark? No, I I just wanted to I wanted to genu- get a genuine you know anti Kingsbury response. I don't want to persuade you or anything. I just wanted to hear what everybody was thinking because no one's wrong for for feeling like this is feeling a little like snake oil just because he's done it before. So I get it. But at the end of the day, I'm not here to. That's why like I come in and I'd say um, Alvin Kamara was on planet Uranus. We put him on planet Uranus. He's always on that list wearing a crown. He was like the king of planet Uranus, but we still drafted the hell out of him. So like, you know, in on this show, I try and get people to separate that feeling of, you know, stubbornness with what, what is going to help you win championships. Like I said, some people can't separate that and I, and I respect it. Sometimes I wish I could afford to do that, but I can't because of my job. This is what I do. I'm not here to tell people to be stubborn against, you know, Kamara because he did what he did. Um, Like I said, Ron would come in here and say, I won't draft him, period. Doesn't matter. You know, I don't care if Ron is Ron's got that kind of conviction and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to discuss it in a different light. And regardless of snake oil, whatever, and you even said it. You know, there's that doesn't change what he could do for this offense. And while, I, like I said, any negatives, if you hear a lot of negative chatter, whether it's even in this live chat, just be careful because it's rooted in fandom. It's rooted in fandom, and people that didn't that, that don't have this guy as their head coach, especially especially a Niner fan base or a Seattle like you know, there, there's in the division of the Niners, the Seahawks. The Rams, you know, in inner division, those guys hate Kingsbury. They hate him. They called him trash for years because they like to make fun of the Cardinals. When the mat, you play them twice a year, you're gonna you're gonna rip into them. And if you follow like hardcore fan pages of your team, they they've been talking trash about Kingsbury for for a decade. So you just got to be careful that you aren't listening to a bunch of biased takes about Kingsbury. Because people love rivalries and these fan pages tear apart these these coaches. Like Kingsbury can get it done. He'll throw. He'll have an awesome passing attack. And if 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 anybody, especially like a Niner fan base, loves Adam Peters, they know that Adam Peters knows what he's doing. So it'll be interesting to see how good his offense looks. And if it doesn't, Adam Peters will move on quickly. I trust Adam Peters. No, for sure. I got two two things in addition to this. Real quick, you said that you got a job to do, but it, what you do really a job? You no. know what you do, don't you? Yeah, so it's no. Not work. Yeah, it's not really work. I don't um, as Wayne yeah. Gretzky once said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. So, I f- but, but. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to close it up because I know you're trying to get off the phone. Um, with, you know, don't take it out of context because I seen someone, I forget who said it, 
but they posted in there, you know, that they're in real estate and people back out before and after deal. I'm not mincing words and saying that that can't happen and that doesn't make people less of a person. It's all about how you go about it. Yeah. It's all about communication and how you deliver it. You know, and again, we only know a very small amount of potentially what we think is the truth here. We don't know at all. We're, we're speculating. And again, that's part of your business and part of your position and making, you know, bold conversations. So, you know, ultimately, it, when I make the comment that, you know, I can't be friends with someone or I think less of someone, it all depends how you go about it, how you carry yourself. Yeah. And we don't so know those details. A lot more and we don't know those details with the situation, which is always trying to caution even you about or other people. Now, maybe it comes out tomorrow. Let's say it comes out tomorrow that Kingsbury sat down, um, poked his finger, did one of those spit blood shakes with him, um, you know, whatever. Drove a company car home, <laughs> like had the jersey on, like and, and just pro- and even even aside from all that, just promise somebody like we're doing it. This is it. I'm not backing out. Whatever. I could understand you going, man, this guy's a snake oil, whatever. But I just don't know that we're ever going to have that those that, that detailed of a breakdown of what actually unfolded. And, you know, I just think people are very reactive. But, but again, more so than anything, it's regurgitated hate from fan bases that hate the Cardinals, you know, so they're going to hate Kingsbury. So you just got to be careful yeah. with what you, what you let influence you. And especially when we're talking about that has nothing to do with the Cardinals anymore, but yet it's going to be hung on to. Just go read, like in the Adam Schefter tweet, just read the comments. It is nothing but just absolute. He's trash. This is why the commanders are so bad. And we saw the same thing with the Atlanta Falcons. The moment they signed Raheem Morris, I came out and said, everybody needs to relax and calm down because this is not the OC. We need to find out who the OC is before we start saying things like, Oh my God, this Raheem Morris thing's going to be horrible. That's probably what a lot of people said when D'Amico Ryans took the head coaching job in Houston. Oh my God, this guy doesn't know offense. Of course he doesn't. Slow it does. So, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. The last thing I'll leave it on, and I Blackbeard knows I'm not going to mean any disrespect by it, but I'm going to preface it anyways because we have some sensitive people that are going to take this out of context. But at the end of the day, you brought up Raj and his group of guys. I've never met any of them, and I bet they're all good guys. But there's one thing that's for certain. They're in love with their team, and there's nothing wrong with it. They got the 49ers goggles on, and they're all about it. So I get them not liking Kingsbury and, you know, being keyboard warriors in their mom's basement, you know, ripping off comments and putting stuff on Schefter's deal, talking about but I, and I'm and I'm not saying that anything was you know the Niner fan base. I'm just I was just giving you a an, a a majority of initial reactions are going to come from interdivision fan bases, you know, because they they literally hated this guy because he was a Cardinal, you know. So like I'm I'm not pointing fingers at any particular fan base, but I get what you're saying. But go ahead. I just want to make sure no, somebody yeah, listening doesn't think I'm saying yeah, that it I'm is you, yeah, you know a certain no. fan base. I'm just saying. No, I'm on the same page with you. I'm just using it as an example. Just like, you know, the yeah. 49ers fans are set in stone that Brock Purdy's MVP this year. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of people that are going to, you know, have their opinions on it. So all I'm saying is, is that, you know, Flick was their coach. They didn't like him. They got enough negative stuff to say. 
you know, they're passionate about their team. Their team didn't do whatever they were supposed to do under Cliff. It's understandable. I get it. Then we got you in Arizona, and you like Cliff, and, you know, he's done good things for what you feel. And you know your comments are going to be your comments. So I mean, you, you think you, you know, would that's, you that's would think I would be, yeah, you'd think I would be negative on Cliff Kingsbury because he got really we let we sent him packing, he failed us, and those are all true things. Like he did not succeed as a head coach, but I I am I think, uh, I'm biased enough to say that like I know that the offense was good. He was head coach. He was head coach. He did not do a good job, head co- you know, as a head coach. I'm not saying he can't get there someday, but he didn't do a good job as a head coach. But guess what? He's not head coach. He's offensive coordinator, and he's under the thumb of Dan Quinn and Adam Peters, and he's going to be focused on getting the offense going and architecting an amazing aerial attack. And if anybody doesn't believe that, that at the very least, this team loses games but scores tons of fantasy points. You're 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 talking from a biased fandom perspective, and that's just the end of it. There's no debate on that. Yeah, if if you think yeah, Kingsbury can't create an offense, even if they lose games that produces massive fantasy football scoring, you are coming from an angle of glasses this thick that are are hatred toward for some reason Kingsbury whether it's you hated him because you were your your team's in the division of the Arizona Cardinals or something it's all fandom and it, and that's why I like to come on here and shoot stuff down or talk it up sometimes there's a rumor and, and that's why I take such pride in this being a news show not just a fantasy show sometimes there might be a rumor that hey this guy's going to uh maybe get traded and we know it's not true I'll break the news that the news is out there and shoot it down and say, this ain't happening. You know, like some people go, oh, this is a stupid video. This isn't happening. Are you watching the video? Because the reason I went live is to say this isn't happening. You know, so it's it's crazy, bro. People are very reactive. Oh, sure. Let them. Let them. And I, I, you know, to add Matt, Matt O's comment, I think Clinkberry be a good OC. Head coach, I'm not sold on it, but OC, yeah. I agree with you. He stays in that lane. He's got those protections on either side. He's not the end-all, be-all. I think he'll fit in. I think he'll do well there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. He's got a big season ahead. Yeah, and to Brian's point, Brian Brian's makes a good point. If you don't have goggles on for your own team, you're not a true fan. I believe that's true. Um, but I do believe when you walk into a fantasy football environment, you got to be able to separate yourself from that, uh, Brian, or you'll never win consistently in fantasy football. On a, on a high level, if you're if you're going to allow it to completely infect everything, then you're going to have a problem assessing certain situations properly. I'm not saying you specifically, but if someone's in here like and unable to learn that, that's something you should learn to do from a from a fantasy football owner perspective. That's why on my thefantasyfootballshow.com, I have not only the articles, not only the trade calculator, not only the bull predictions, but the video courses that 100% teach you some of this stuff because people need to know how to separate uh, all that stuff, the bias, and people also need to turn their weaknesses into strengths. And I think a lot of people have a weakness for allowing things to infect their fantasy football thinking because there's NFL implications to it. So that's all I would say on that. 
Less than a professor, Smitty. I mean, we're learning life lessons here, not just fantasy football. Maybe. Sometimes. What you just said is all just general life lessons. So, I mean, I mean hey, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan and Minnesota pro sports in general. Besides the Minnesota Lynx, how is show? I'm telling you, as a Minnesota Viking fan, perps, I think, um, as I said, JD5 to Atlanta would be amazing, but JD5 to Minnesota would be amazing, too, if that somehow, some way could work. I, I have a feeling okay. right now, JD5 is not on as many radars as he will soon be, and for that reason, you won't hear a lot of chatter about somebody trading up for JD5. I think if we knew for certain that Caleb was going to the Bears, like if that became what relatively known, like all of a sudden news broke that Fields is in, there's talks and trade talks for Fields, whatever, once that ever hits news wires, then I think people will start settling on, um, hey, who do we want now? And this Washington pick is going to be most likely not traded unless it's traded up. Because I think you have, you have Adam Peters and you have... Cliff Kingsbury, two offensive-minded, two two amazing minds in terms of offensive scheming and 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 uh, or talent gathering and then scheming and architecting together, saying let's get our guy. And I don't think they mess around with trading down. I think they keep it. But you might see a team like Minnesota try and get in the mix. And let's say May does get ranked as the second quarterback. I won't be surprised if Minnesota, now New England needs a QB, but I won't be surprised if Minnesota, let's say Kirk Cousins sign, wants to sign with the, the New England Patriots. Okay, so they that they don't need the pick anymore. I would love to see the Minnesota Vikings trade into this three or trade into the Giants six because they can't really take a quarterback and you see Jaden Daniels fall here. Now, there is a, there is a world where it goes Caleb, Drake May, um, and if let's say... Let's say Kirk Cousins or somebody signed with New England and they didn't need this pick on on a QB. They're, that's the only world where the Cardinals pass, the Chargers pass, the Giants probably pass because they've got like sixty nine dead cap dollars tied to Danny Dimes. Levis is probably the 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 Tennessee Titans guy for one year at least. That's when JD five could fall to eight and it'd be crazy. But that's the only chance we have. I, I think JD five goes three. Or he goes two. He's just going to look too good. There's no way, in my opinion, this guy doesn't climb everybody's board fast. All right. Uh, uh, I'll see you on the next show, Perps. We're going to be live a couple times today. Thanks, man. See you. All right. Later, bro. Perps of the moon. All right, guys. I'll see you all later. Uh, Lions goggles are on D-Town. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And I, I went to bat and defended your Campbell head coach. People are ripping on him too much. Did he did he coach a bad game? Yeah. Is he a great coach? Absolutely. Is Ben Johnson staying glory? Absolutely. You got you got a potential repeat you know situation going on. The only thing you got to decide is can you upgrade your QB? You don't have to. Will you win it all without doing that? I don't think you will. But do you think do I think you could be a final six team again? Sure could be. Can you win it all? No. Can you win it all with Hendon Hooker? We don't know. Um. We don't really know. I, I liked him a lot, but we have no idea what he's going to look like. Appreciate you all. See you tonight.
Leave it on the fields. Just in time. Fields of dreams. Fields like making love. Outstanding in his fields. Fields so good. Fields general. My fields good. Uneven playing fields. Battlefields tested. Fields. Fields. He's for reals. Uh, uh. See you all tonight. Appreciate you.